0: So welcome to Rethink Retirement, a Next Up podcast. We're here to show you how you can use your skills and experience as you move into retirement or unretirement, as we like to call it. I'm Victoria Tomlinson.
1: And I'm Trevor Hatton. In each episode, we invite a guest to share their story of leaving traditional working life and starting new things. And I personally know this is a challenging time, so I hope that What these episodes will give you is some ideas, perhaps inspire you and and maybe help you through some of the challenges of leaving full-time employment.
0: Today we're doing something a little bit different. Every now and then we're asking people to share some of their bigger picture, thoughts, perspectives, if you like, on the whole issue of, I hate this word, ageing, but ageing, retirement and how society looks at this stage of life. And today's guest has looked at this from so many perspectives welcome lord tim clement jones
2: hello victoria hi trevor um uh, call me tim please
1: thank you tim so tim and i'm sure as i go through my understanding of, of what you're doing i will miss <laughs> several things but your chair of council at queen mary university of london you used to be a partner in one of the large law firms. You've been actively involved in politics your whole life. When you were with the law firm, you were very keen for them to start helping partners coming up to retirement, which, of course, is what up are now doing, among other things. And we'd love to hear about your story to this point. And perhaps we can explore some of these things as we go along.
2: Absolutely. Well, uh, (laughs) it's quite a long time ago now, and I suppose one is very lucky if you have inspiration from the people you work with from the get go. And my first exposure really to, if you like, proper life uh, after university was at the first law firm I did my traineeship with. And the partners there all went to volunteer. Many of them went to volunteer at the first Neighbourhood Law Centre in Notting Hill. And Notting Hill was considerably less salubrious in those days, Uh, you know, it was the motorway just being built. And uh, the the first law centre was set up by Peter Candler. And it was really dealing with crime. It was dealing with real housing problems uh, in the post rackman era all kinds of social security and, and poverty issues. And it was a real exposure for somebody like me, who effectively you know, was brought up in a fairly conservative household, in a fairly sheltered education, I would say. And so I changed my politics, basically. And around about the same time, uh, Ralph Dahrendorf delivered his Reef Lectures called The New Liberty. And the Liberals, as they were called in those days, uh, were winning by-elections so a kind of whole series of things came together for me um, so as well as wanting to pursue a legal career i wanted a political career as well and i wasn't in a position to choose at that time but i thought well i better get stuck in so i stood as a local councillor in my borough which is still lambeth i didn't get in uh, in those days as it still is now it was pretty labor dominated Um, But I, you know, got involved with the liberal lawyers and became chair of them. Uh, So it kind of helped me not only develop a political career, but also I think it helped me understand a lot more about legal issues as well in terms of constitutional reform, law reform and so on, uh, which I've always had, you know, big appetite for basically. So um, uh, that then Uh, meant that, you know, inevitably I had a whole series of other interests which led off into working with charities on uh, homelessness and housing and subsequently, uh, you know, I became chair of the uh, Liberal Party when the merger was happening. So, um, you know, all of this led to working very closely with Paddy Ashdown who was the leader of the party. I helped get him elected, I ran his leadership campaign and uh, one thing led to another. And Paddy was kind enough to put me into the House of Lords, where I've kind of had a career which involves all sorts of other things, including um, having been an in house lawyer uh, with a variety of big companies and under Weekend Television, as it was then called, uh, Grand Metropolitan, as it was also then called, uh, Kingfisher, and then subsequently a large uh, law firm, DLA Piper, as they grew into a global global law firm so it's been a sort of definite twin track and i now speak on digital issues uh in the house of lords because i've tried to reinvent what i do there i started off as the health spokesperson because my late wife was a doctor and i think they thought that i understood what the medical profession were talking about uh, because of that not sure i was really but Uh, And then I went on to do the culture, media and sport job, uh, spokesmanship in the Lords. And then really I invented the spokesperson role of digital spokesperson. But, you know, I've also had a very strong interest in autism over a long period of time, partly because of the health role, uh, very strong... uh, uh interest in cancer services particularly ovarian cancer services uh because of uh my late wife and her uh succumbing to ovarian cancer at really quite a uh, a young age so i think the essence of this is to try and sort of bring some coherence some sort of central philosophy to this and it's always with some difficulty um because uh, as my trumpet teacher um, told me when I was about 16 you're trying to do too many things at once <laughs> um, but I don't think there's uh, any harm in trying anyway
0: oh gosh Tim what what's a great portfolio that use the, the current jargon of, of what you have done and I'm quite sure I, I passionately believe that the more people do things outside of their career focus if you like that actually it makes you better in whatever job you're doing yet what a great sort of inspiration there so looking Tim, at the sort of what the things we're looking at in this podcast really around oh everyone hits this r word as they call it retirement because and and very few of the people that we interview have really thought about retiring but you've clearly thought about that hundred year life and having a really long let's not call it a career but Long active life, if you like. So, how did you think about retirement? I mean, you know, later on we can perhaps look at how you still look at it for the future, but how have you gone about that and what are your thoughts on it?
2: Well, I think you've got to have a mixture of strategy and taking opportunity. I think if you're too rigid about things, uh, that is a mistake. And I've always had this kind of long term idea that uh, there was no harm in doing several things uh that interested you you know politics was compatible with having a business life for instance and working in charitable organizations as well so i've tried to have a sort of you know uh, a track that covers all of that and that's why I, I i at the end i never really stood as an mp because i i didn't really want to just uh, have to focus on a single political career and that's the benefit of being able to be in the house of lords where i can combine that with other things and yet uh, remain uh, in public policy but i never expected really to have you know so much happening in my 70s and it's really the result of the technological kind of changes that have happened over the last 20 years and it's partly because you know i've realized uh, i don't know why but i'm an early adopter uh, as the jargon has it, of new technology. I'm interested in things like artificial intelligence, neurotechnology coming down the track. Uh, and I always have been, you know, I've been buying Apple products since the mid eighties. Uh, you know, I started doing leaflets on an Apple Mac uh, for in politics, uh, you know, 40 years ago. So, uh, you know, I've always had that interest. And this is what is partly driving Uh, what I do now. And I didn't really expect it. Um, But it's obviously the case in uh, universities that we have to adapt to a lot of this, especially during the pandemic, remote working, you know, is part of of life now. Uh, And you know, an awful lot of the new technology, we need to understand better, we need to have better media literacy. So there are things that drive one, rather than go to the beach. Um, uh, You know, I'd prefer to talk about them and try and establish uh, some sensible public policy in these areas and in areas, you know, that I work in like the Ombudsman Service, which is now much more digitally uh, organised and the complaints are now uh, digitally processed than they ever were before. Uh, and the same with universities, you know, my university, Queen Mary, uh, has just set up a, a digital environment research institute, which covers the whole gamut of uh, blockchain and, and digital and data and artificial intelligence and so on. And those are the sorts of things that excite me.
1: That's fantastic, Tim. Um, we uh, were introduced to you through one of your former colleagues at, at the law firm, a, for, a, a former partner of yours. and. You know um, amongst all the other things that you've talked about he told us about how you had lobbied the firm to help partners as they approach retirement and indeed shortly after approaching retirement and so i was interested in exploring your thinking on that why why you lobbied and and what sort of support you think people who are leaving full-time employment need
2: well, it's really interesting that, and I, um, as when I was London managing partner, uh, I was really keen on trying to get this whole agenda cranked up, and I'm delighted that you know we've uh, now got this underway because I think it's going to make a huge difference. But I've been made redundant twice, uh, uh, you know, quite suddenly. I mean, the second time I sort of made myself redundant, maybe I, uh, you know, I sort of slightly engineered it, but nevertheless, I know what the kind of semi bereavement of being uh uh, out of the the business that you've worked in where you can present your business card and say i'm from so and so and everybody says oh are you how interesting what you what you know what do you do there you don't have that business card you know when you're made redundant you can't say i'm you know so and so from so and so you have to actually create your own identity and i think retirement or pre-retirement uh uh uh, thinking has to account for that you have to think about you know uh, what it what do i'm what am i really about i can't just derive my identity from the business that i'm working for i'm i've got to basically be here because i have skills i have interests uh, i have passions that i want to follow and i think you have to be aware of that you don't suddenly want to wake up at the age of 55 uh when you're up and out of the law firm either because you're too expensive or you're not producing enough in the of fee income um but all too many lawyers in my experience they work like trojans uh, between 25 and 55 and then find uh that they haven't really planned um for what happens afterwards and they don't get non-executive director jobs they don't find charity jobs you know they might do a little bit of advice on the side, they might try and become a, an arbitrator or a mediator or something. But you know, they haven't really got to grips with uh, uh, it early enough to make a difference. And I, I think that's, um, you know, uh, unfortunate, and sometimes a bit sad. And sometimes uh, people's mental health uh, suffers as a result, and it takes them quite a long time to adjust
0: oh gosh Tim, you're spot on um so i started next up because i was seeing people i was sort of an early adopter if you like of linkedin and people were being sent to me because they suddenly realized they would hated linkedin as you were talking about and suddenly realizing uh they needed it and people coming to me for help at this stage and they haven't had time to plan they haven't thought and exactly what you're saying, they were really in quite a bad place mentally. And I suddenly realized this isn't the joy. Everyone talks about retirement as if it's some idyllic um, uh, tropical island experience almost. And it, it really isn't uh, that you're so right. And, and that bit about being redundant and hit and the bereavement, that's so spot on. Um, I also wanted to pick up with you there because I was so delighted when I was introduced to you that somebody let's let's say of our generation, is so into technology and so much embracing it and you've talked a lot about what you're doing i worry that so many professionals uh, this our older generation that it's acceptable to say oh i don't do tech a bit like people say i don't do maths which is completely unacceptable but somehow we've created this world where it's okay to say oh i don't do tech you know what are your views you do so much around artificial intelligence and digital regulation What are your views about the need to get, if you like, business leaders, leaders in any field um, into technology, you know, however you define that?
2: Well, it's a really big job. I mean, you know, there's so much going on out there. I went to um, the Society for Computers and the Law. Uh, conference yesterday on kind of all things digital, digital competition, artificial intelligence regulation, what's happening with data, Uh, and then I went to a a reception uh, given by my old uh, university college uh, in the evening and there were you know tech entrepreneurs from my college and you know they were 25 26 or whatever and you know you felt a real kind of fellow feeling and i think being able to cross the generations is what keeps you young and uh prevents you retiring in a kind of uh moldy uh way where the only people uh you meet are people of your own age because uh, i think that you know life is about meeting Uh, whole generations, you know, it isn't just within families, you've got to stay in touch uh, with what is happening out there, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and so on. Uh, And indeed, younger people, not just your grandchildren or whatever it may be. And how you do that is just by having a lively interest. It's listening to people. And, you know, when you actually um, see the royal family in action, as we have done over the last week, they are classic listeners and uh uh we need to develop skills like that they've done it their whole lives and uh you know politicians have to develop those things as well um and it's it's listening it isn't just pontificating i've had so many conversations with people as they get older whereas they just want to transmit uh and they don't want to receive and i think you have to make a conscious choice about how you come across and to be in receiving mode not just uh telling everybody about your experience 30 years ago or whatever it was
1: um everything you say just resonates um so so thank you. you your your story which i'm absolutely certain is is not done far from it but if we're looking back you've had a variety of roles and opportunities have come your way one of the things that we always ask our guests is about the emotional journey as as you went through um, changing jobs, changing roles, the ups and downs. Um, and I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about um, how you dealt with disappointments, whether you had mentors or support and who did you turn to for advice, uh, how you coped with you know, the, the, the ups and downs of life?
2: Yes, I mean, that's the really interesting question, because I think the lowest point of my life was when my late wife died back in the late 80s uh since remarried you know had a son and so on but that was pretty tough you know she had had cancer ovarian cancer uh and she'd lived through it for five years uh, and she was an in- inspirational woman i mean she set up a cancer charity uh she discovered the causes of acupuncture she appeared on the terry wogan show i mean she was an amazing individual but Uh, you know you can imagine being uh, bereaved at you know when she was only 38 was quite something and so uh, I did depend hugely on support systems but of course I had at least three lots of support systems I had the business that I was in I had a really good friend who was my boss who was incredibly understanding Uh, he's sadly now passed away I had friends I visited you know the first thing I did in a way, was visit friends in North America and my brother, family, the rest of my family were incredibly supportive. And then, of course, politics is a bit like a family as well. You know, I at the time uh, that my uh, late wife died, I was chair of the liberal party i was negotiating a merger with the social democrats and so of course i depended on my political colleagues some very very good friends you grow up with them in political life uh so i've been incredibly lucky to have at least three networks and probably more uh which are really powerful and i think you do and again you know if you just simply develop a narrow network as a as a lawyer within a law firm uh, without thinking about the other uh, aspects certainly family i mean there are lots of people who you know uh, are corporate lawyers who never see their families because uh, they're so busy you know negotiating and drafting stuff uh, at three in the morning but you know uh, they've got to think about the quality of life and the support that they've got Uh, and the resilience they have uh, to the shocks of life, because they're certainly going to arrive.
0: Yes, and and, Tim, can I say from hearing you, I would think that you were somebody who actually did talk to people and listened and went out to people, which of course is half the challenge in all of this, isn't it really? Mm. Um, You you don't sound like you're in any way uh, winding down at the moment, which is absolutely wonderful and inspirational. very much of our mold, if you like, but looking forward, how do you see the coming years? What's on the horizon for you? How do you plan? We keep saying to people, retirement, whatever we call it, isn't static, that itself it evolves over time. So how do you look forward for the next 10, 20, 30 years, whatever?
2: Well, I think what you have to do is follow your, your passions really. I think at a certain point, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have provided to a you know a degree uh uh in terms of income and so on and so forth i think you try and follow your passions don't do stuff that you really don't enjoy doing uh you don't be you don't have to be a slave to duty in your 70s or 80s for heaven's sake but what you can do uh is uh do stuff that you really really want to do and i don't mean just simply go on a world cruise or something i think you've got to find things that simulate you intellectually uh and where you know when you arrive at a a gathering of people of all ages they actually want to talk to you you're not just simply talking about how you what your handicap is in golf or something i mean you know sadly <laughs> you can see i'm not a golfer um but uh you know so i tend to think well look i may i my term will finish in at a university in three years time i cease to be the chair of the ombudsman service in three years time but sure as eggs there are other things happening you know uh you have to uh, uh, you know look at what is coming out there i mean i'm very passionate about the future in terms of artificial intelligence and what what we need to do is to make sure that it's our servant not our master and you know there are people like stuart russell who i'm interviewing for the in the house of lords in a few weeks time uh, uh who've written superb stuff on this well maybe you know it's time to write a book uh on that maybe it's time to start a group in the house of uh, in parliament to talk about neurotechnologies which are you know the really big coming thing it isn't just uh, Elon Musk who's doing stuff there are people out there uh, you know who uh, are experimenting with implants very successfully and that has a whole series of moral and ethical implications that we've got to deal with so there are always going to be stuff out there uh, to pursue uh, and I'm very keen to do that the autism agenda is still a very big one. As far as I'm concerned, I'm president of an autism charity and I want to make sure that young people can get into employment, you know, really easily. Uh, whatever the their sort of condition on the spectrum is and, you know, we're making some headway on that. So there are, you know, lots of other things that I think we can we can be pursuing. But I think you have to be open to suggestion. So strategy mixed with uh, taking opportunity.
1: That's great. Um, Just looking back for a moment, with hindsight, um, I just wonder if there's anything you think you might have done differently, or any wisdom you picked up along the way that you wanted to share, apart from all the other things that you've already said, Tim?
2: I think I wish that I'd actually got your scheme up and running earlier, because it's probably a generation, you know, it's probably five or six years worth of partners that we haven't managed to get hold of. And the other thing is, I mean, I, I've i had some fantastic people working with me over the years, uh, and I've had some lovely um, you know, correspondence with, you know, lawyers and uh, people in the communications world who kind of I've worked with and have now, um, you know, in really quite senior jobs, but you still look back and think did I give them quite enough encouragement at the time to diverge and do other things, not just pursue their career? Um, but of course, time will tell. I don't know. I hope I've instilled a bit of enthusiasm and passion in their lives. But whether or not I've actually given them, you know, the, the idea that, that you, you, you can be dual or triple track, I'm not sure.
0: Oh, I think you will have done, Tim. I'm quite sure. Um, I think anyone spending time with you will be motivated and inspired. Um, And actually, I'm loving what you're saying here about being in your 70s and still looking forward. There There are two things there that I think are particularly important. One is that I think our generation can add a new dimension to the discussions on technology, you don't have to be a tech expert yourself to be able to understand the implications of a lot of what's happening. And I think that's what you're doing in spades here. And also, one of the things coming out from some of the things we're doing with law firms and, and other you know corporates and others is people saying, gosh, I had thought of needing to think of something for the next two or three, maybe five years. I'm suddenly realizing this is something maybe I need to think about another 10, 20, 30 years. And that for us is great joy because there's so much time here to contribute. And you are absolutely showing that in spades. Tim, you're absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you. We both do coming and joining us and sharing your stories. I know you'll be inspiring so many other people. Thank you so much, Tim.
2: I, thank you okay. very much. Tim. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, I don't
0: think we could have anybody to sum up all the things wow. that we're trying to people better than <laughs> tim has just done um that's fantastic Thank i you. love that bit about strategy and opportunities is what we say but it's better wording almost um yeah. yeah we say you need a plan and the plan means that you've got something to start with and yeah. it means you can talk about you know i'm doing or whatever when you retire that bit about bereavement he was so oh. right about yeah and but then opportunities they don't come neatly packaged just appear so grab them when they do as well
1: yeah and and I I loved some of the things he said which just challenge perceptions um you know this business that you know his political family you know that politicians are 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 a support group to each other that they're not just you know horrible people (laughs) trying to mess up our lives um and then you know this whole idea that well you know i'm i'm where i am i've done lots of different things and there's way more to come you know yeah. I, I just I'm thought
0: that about the future of yeah. it, about neuro technologies and he's actually yeah. right yeah. there's so much happening now and i passionately believe that our generation should be in that mix adding because you've got experience not to be transmitted as you were saying i love i love what you yeah. were saying there yeah. don't yeah. be that person yeah. who's just essentially the born really he wasn't using those words but you know where you oh when i was young i did something or other but actually listening and engaging and asking questions yeah. and still learning at this stage
1: we um we often say this to people and and he is the absolute exemplar of this that you know plant seeds early you know yeah, some things that know. Doing, particularly in politics mm. the things that he started you know when he was in his 30s you know mm. um, and and then picked up again
0: All that actually yes you're right because we get a few people saying i've got somebody i'm working with on a personal basis at the moment and he's passionate about he's living overseas and he wants to get into politics and i've said at 50 i just think it's too late yeah, to do that yeah, yeah. he's determined to do it so <laughs> you know it's his well. choice uh, but um, I think it'll be really hard and I think it's really hard coming into something so late and yeah. then starting particularly something like politics there are other things I think that non-exec role as well yes if you own that once you've left whatever you know whether it's a law firm or, or corporate life or whatever it it does make it it's not impossible, but it is much harder. Yeah.
1: I, I, um, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's easier to pick stuff up that you've been active and passionate about your whole life. Um, but you think about all the threads in his CV, and I, I, mean, I, I bet if you read his CV, there'll be a few things that aren't he's forgot okay. to put down because you know, because there's so much. You know what
0: you would want somebody like Tim on your board oh, yeah. Of his but it's because of his AI and his knowledge of homelessness as well there that he he's yeah. been his knowledge of health and he's been interested not just bless him, so lovely hearing him talking about his his obviously lovely wife um but he's got so much to offer a board that's not to do with i you know i, I think the fact he was managing partner at a law firm will be almost irrelevant in what people are looking at it,
1: it, it wouldn't be the most about, important thing would it
0: But it would be his understanding and connections of the wider world that he can bring a perspective to the board and those, you know, boards are about strategy and risk. And he would have a much better radar there, you know, and and saying about involved with uh, the university. And they've now set up a department. I'm sure that he may have asked questions around the board around that. What are we doing in that space? and actually helping them to be leading edge, which you wouldn't necessarily expect a former partner from a global law firm to be the one perhaps bringing that into your board.
1: Yeah, he's obviously somebody who has that empathy and understanding and is willing to listen, but he's also incredibly curious.
0: Yes, he is, he He is.
1: You think about all the things, politics, academia, charity work, in addition as you say to, to being a senior partner in a law firm but that's sort of the journey to date and I'm sure you know he'll be doing different things in a couple of years time
0: And I mean when we were introduced to him he was so sort of humble and just straight back and enthusiastic and let's do that and it just it yeah. was just lovely and you know those are the sorts of people that you want to stay engaged with yes. and his age is frankly irrelevant oh you yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah yeah you, you you wouldn't think about he's, oh he's in his seventies, oh. does he have anything to offer? You just kind of it's so interesting, and I really I could have I could have sat at his feet and said, well, if that's a bit tacky, but you know uh, for an hour or two or three, and I would so, still be like, I would love to know what he sees the future future of digital regulation. What are the issues? I would love to sit and just listen to him. I'd love him to come yeah. and talk to people. Uh, he would be amazing.
1: But he's also a, a lovely guy. He, you is. Know, he the, I think before we started recording, he said, well, I wanted to give the impression that I'm still working, so I put on a tie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. It's lovely. So if you are interested in hearing what Tim has to say, we have lots of other gifts. Everybody's got a story to tell and they're sharing their own experiences, which, of course, are all different. So just go to next upcom uh, You can pick up from the podcast. Of course, it's in all the usual podcast places as well. And you'll find all sorts of other stories and tips and inspiration to help you in. As Tim talked about, it, it can be quite a tricky time of life, this transition, really.
1: So all of our guests are inspiring in, in different ways. Um, do look at the website, as Victoria says, next-up.com. Don't forget the hyphen. And we'll see you next time.